0: Take thou authority to preach the gospel. Indeed, I look upon all the world as my parish.
1: We welcome you to another episode of Field Preachers Podcast. I'm Paul Nixon, and I'm here with my friends Sean Davis and Isita Jallo, And we are going to be talking about community ministry. They are on the staff team of Edmonton Methodist Church In one of the north suburbs of London, Edmonton is a church with a vision around community ministry, and more and more, when they think about music or about age-level ministries, it's not just for the church participants, but they're looking beyond the walls and seeking to create a larger sense of community. And first of all, just to say to the two of you, welcome.
0: Thank you for having us.
1: Thank you. We want to learn what's up at Edmonton, but before we even get into all of the, the the ways that you are leading in a sort of a shift in the way that we do ministry, I'm just curious: what brought you to Edmonton Methodist Church? What was distinctive about that opportunity? What what caught your attention, um, Sean?
2: Right. <clears throat> Thank you, uh, Paul, for inviting me to this um, this podcast, and it gave me great pleasure to share with you tonight on this podcast. So going back to your question, what brought me to Edmonton? Well, I used to attend another church, um, which is not far away from Edmonton, a place called Tottenham. I was in that church for nearly 12 years. And um, due to circumstances, I I decided um, it's time for me to resign from that church. Um, So I was visiting. I was on a, a visiting Spree, so to speak, of many churches, does have a bit of flavor of what different denomination do. And I remember going to Edmonton Church at the time it was the Reverend David Butleworth. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna visit Edmonton Methodist Church and I will sit at the back and just sneak out just before the Benediction. I enjoyed the service so much, I went back the following week. And there I sat in the same seat again. I enjoyed it again. I went back in the following week, which is the third week running. But this time I was blocked in by two elderly folks. So I couldn't (laughs) escape before the benediction. And the minister came up to me after the service. He normally goes to the back um, during the singing of the last hymn. And he stands there to greet people. And he touched my shoulder and he said to me, can we have a conversation after church, please? I'm thinking, "Uh uh-oh, I was trying to avoid this. I just wanted, you know, I've been so much, so many years involved in church. I just wanted to take some time out from church stuff, so that's why I just sneak out every so as quick as I can. Um, by sitting in the back, so that Sunday he caught me and he said to me, Well, I noticed you have been coming here, what's your name, and so on and so on. Um, so I got myself involved in, in Edmonton. Um, he asked me, What do you do? I so said, I'm a music director, I play the music. And he said oh uh, would you mind helping us out on a sunday um, there's a young lady there she's 92 now and um can i help her out in uh, in the music the music director was 92. well she was in charge of playing the music okay and today she's 92. <laughs> oh wow all right so i came to edmonton church in 2012 which is just before the old olympics in london and so we, I said to him, uh, well, listen, um, she has been here for many years. So may we, maybe I can help her maybe once a month. Because I don't want her to feel I'm here just to push her away kind of thing. You're not going to be very sensitive to these things. And so uh, I played once a month. And then it ended up with twice a month. And then he ended up with every Sunday evening. <laughs> and then he said to me, um, would you mind helping out with the church choir? And I said, uh-oh. And because music is my passion, I thought, okay, I shall give that a go. And I fall in love with all the choir members, you know, the old fogies, you know, they're, they're very lovely. And so they fall in love with me. And so I got stuck at Edmonton from since 2012 until now. Okay, I'm going
1: to stop that story because we're about to, to um, see how the the... the the ministry jumped outside the walls, but I want to also talk to aizada to ask, how did you come to Edmonton Church?
0: Okay, so mine slightly is a, is a different route. So Good. I came in as an employee. So I saw an ad, um, I was working, so I've been a youth worker for, I think it's 21 years now, 22, 20, 21 to 22 years. So in all aspects of youth work, worked in homes with young people, uh, key work, et cetera. Um, And I was in a job where something happened where it compromised my morals and what I believed in. And I remember at the time, just before I saw the adults so frustrated with what they were doing to a young person. And I, I remember crying out to God and said, God, this isn't me. This compromised everything that you have instilled with me. And when you work in a community than a church you've got to be mindful you can't really share your faith you know you can't you you know there's protocols that you have to follow and I remember coming across this ad for this job youth worker Methodist church Christian there were so many tick boxes and I said this is me every single one was a tick box and I said okay so I applied but God did something he hid the fact that I will be working with 10 churches because if I saw it was 10 <laughs> churches I wouldn't have applied I honestly, would not have applied because there's a way where we. I just thought I would have thought to myself, no, this is beyond me. I how can so I? Edmonton
1: is one of ten.
0: Yes, now we're down to eight because yeah, okay. we could talk about that another time. They've changed a couple of. Yes, it's one. It right. was one of ten churches. Oh my. So I came into Enfield Circuit four years ago, um, part of this church, and it's part of. Yeah, it was part of ten in. So the programming
1: Africa. that you've been doing is for multiple churches so you you were always thinking outside the boundaries of just any single church as you any
0: single just, church so what it right. is my role we have junior church leaders like Sunday school teachers in all right. the churches so basically i oversee all the children and youth work provision that happens so collectively i can meet with those sunday school teachers the junior church find out what's happening become their resource expand what can we do to improve different churches because in the borough, um, there are different needs. So geographically, there's different needs to what the community needs in those different parts of that part of London. I hope that makes sense in that particular borough. Yes.
1: So the thing that is fascinating to me is for both of you, how, you know, Sean, you started working, it it was gradually coming in, but eventually you were working with a music ministry inside an existing church. And then, Isada, you were working with multiple churches, but yet I presume primarily with young people that grew up in those churches or had connections to those churches. So I'm interested how we started working with people outside the church walls in either case.
0: Okay, so can I, yeah, so I'll just, yeah, I'll so just, just, just I'll keep just, going. I'll just, just carry keep... on. So, how, how I kept on, um, what, out of the 10 churches, why I decided Edmonton, not only is it closer to where I live. It has the majority of young people there. It has. Absolutely. They have the. They have the drive. They have the desire. And I, and I think I saw, um, especially with. Yeah, they're so welcoming. I know it may sound cliche, but however, that that's that's the truth. They're welcoming. But I saw the desire. I saw the hunger for growth, and the young people, especially, is is the fact that. Even though we only had like on a Sunday, an hour or so, they wanted to do more. They wanted to do more within their community. Um, So it was working with them to put on community events. They wanted to talk about topical issues. Like there was a a rise in violent crime, a lot of stabbings happening amongst our young people. Um, One of our young people, Ten Church, he was actually, thankfully, he didn't, it wasn't fatal. He was a victim of knife crime. Um, it's like how do we address these issues that our young people, even though they come to church maybe on a Sunday or another evening in a week, they live in the community where there's the issue of violence that's affecting them. It's affecting their friends. How do we discuss it? How do we reach out? So we were put on events where they had um, a violent crime speaker come on, local police officer, they wanted to talk about finance, things that affect them when they're going to go off to university, but it's having this information and how does it relate biblically? So that's the youth part. But how we also engaged our young people is the summer holidays when young people broke up from school for the summer. We will put on a summer program for our younger um, children, where they weren't Christ- necessarily Christians because we would send the we will publicize to our local schools. And it will be they they were willing. The parents were willing to send their children, and it was Bible based. The activities we did, it was Bible based. But um, sometimes you thought, were they looking for a babysitting service? But the fact that I think they were happy, where where parents can see that their children are happy, that you're happy, they're happy to keep sending their children. Yes, you know that was a key factor. I think when you see your child is happy, you're continuously sending. So this is how we engaged. With um, the community, and we have other programs, but I will I would um, pause there. That's okay. That's I don't want to take up time.
1: Sean, how did you end up moving beyond the walls of the church community to, to do ministry beyond?
2: I'm a strong believer, Paul, um, in bringing people together. Yeah, I always tell uh, it's as a motto I have for many years. Church is not only inside the building. Church is also outside the building, the most important part. Because Jesus didn't come for the people inside the building. He comes for the people outside the building. And I believe bringing people together, I don't care what denomination you are, if we can bring people together into one place, that would be so great. Now, I find that there are people hungry out there in the community who are looking for something to do, something to do and I thought, hang a minute, I can use my capacity as a music director to start a community choir. People love to sing. They may not sing the best they can, but they love singing. And I thought, okay, let's bring these people together. They're hungry for something, very hungry for something. Um, so when, when we first had our first meeting um, in August this year, um, just as the summer was fading away, um, I started off with 16 people, and then the next person invited another person, and the next person invited another person. And, and I told the choir when we first met, this is not only a community choir, this is also a family choir. We're all one big family. yeah. And I make sure that everybody understand this is not Sean's choir, this is our choir. So I want everyone within the choir to take ownership of this choir, all right? You choose to come and join us, and you're very welcome. We welcome you with open arms, yeah? Come in, and let's see what we can do. And the first rehearsal we had, you can see the smiles on people's face, how much they enjoy it, something they were longing for. And that's what I believe, that I want to focus more outside of the building itself. Where do you rehearse at the building, or do you? Rehearse yes, we rehearse at the, at the building. Okay. And I believe by using the building of Edmonton alone, speak for value, right? Yeah, people know it's a gospel choir. It's not a secular choir. It's a gospel choir, so they choose to come into that choir. And I thought, okay, now you choose to come here. Let's welcome you, and let's feed you with the word of God very gently, because you don't want to throw the whole Bible <laughs> into, right. into somebody's head just like that. Let's feed you gratitude. So at the beginning of rehearsal, we'll have a, a session of worship, a short devotion, because I'm, I'm a local preacher as well, all right? But I tell people I'm not there as a capacity of a local preacher, I'm there as a capacity of a music director.
1: Right, right. So
2: even so, yeah. So. Um,
1: are, are are some Edmonton church members involved in the in yes. the community choir? Okay, yeah, they are. but you're getting people that just come not to the worship services, but they their 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 first step into the ministry of Edmonton is into the gospel choir.
2: Correct, and that
1: yeah. and that becomes almost church for them to start. Correct, correct,
2: and because I, when they come in, we I give them some sort of ownership. What I mean by that, it's very subtle and very gradually. It's okay. Would you next week, you want to you want to open us in a word of prayer? But Sean, I cannot pray. I said, just if you have to write it, so be it. If it's one sentence, so be it, you know? So gradually, and on the 28th of this month, of December, we have in our first praise gathering as a choir. A and praise then gathering? A what, what? Christmas praise gathering. Uh, okay. You know, because last Christmas, it was a bit uh, not so great for most people. So we thought, well, let's come and give God thanks for another year as a pe- as people, not only as a choir, but as people to say thank you to God for the things he has done for us so far and, we, and we're still alive. And our first event we sang at, it was at Pondesen, uh, it was a Black History Month, the 31st of October. That was their first singing event. Wow, Paul, it was amazing. They had butterflies, they were nervous, and all sorts. It's their first ever public event. And it was a community event, specifically, yes. not a, yeah, not yeah, a it was, event. yes, it was. indeed. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And today we have 27 on our register. As you're leading these ministries
1: that are building relationships with new people, um, people that are not experienced, well-experienced in their Christian faith or in any faith, um, what are you learning? What's What's God teaching you on this journey? Is uh, it being back to me, Paul?
2: Yes, you can go to you. Okay. Yes. All right. What God is teaching me, God is teaching me that I believe this is a, a calling that I have. I believe it's a calling I have. And the calling is, as I said before and I say it again, is bringing people together. What I'm learning, I'm learning the, 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 the struggles that people go through on a day-to-day basis. I'm learning that people are looking for some sort of encouragement in some way, shape, or form, either Christian or non-Christian organization, something, to, something that they look forward to. Yeah? I'm, I'm learning that people, not all of them have an, a, a tight family and they're coming to this community choir and they're meeting these people and they see each other as a family. Yeah, they start sharing their stories together. And I'm thinking, wow, that's what I'm learning.
1: Well, that that reminds me of, there's an American um, community organizer by the name of Peter Block. Um, Peter wrote a book that I have used often with people in ministry who are called, as you were called, to be really conveners of community. Peter's book um, is entitled Community, The Structure of Belonging. And he really does look at how community forms when we convene it. Um, And among the things he looks at as he studies this is that first that sometimes we have an event and not as many people show up or the different people show up than we maybe expected. Um, And one of his mantras is the right people always show up. That is to say the people who showed up these are the people that God brought together and something good is going to happen with these people. And in your case, Sean, that means even though we don't have any altos, you know, <laughs> well some way or another we'll, we'll make this work with this yeah. group of people, you know, Absolutely. it will, it will yeah. go from there.
2: Yeah. Because um, at the moment you only have two men in the choir. Okay. But I told some of the ladies, you know, what you're going to sing a tenor for me today on this song and you're gonna sing alto this week on this song. So, you know, you swap them around, you know, to make it work, to make it work. Izada, what, what, what are you
1: learning?
0: I, I'm learning that um, with with what's happened, especially with this, this COVID, mm-hmm. I, I think we've all had a, a common ground in regards to, we all feel the same. I think it's a reminder, regardless of your faith, your background, your origin, is that we all want the same. We like being in a company of people. And especially, I think that was so transparent because I, I think this year was the first time that we had so many multi-faiths attend our Christian holiday club. You know, we we had, you know, Muslims come in, some who were non-faith. And even those that were Muslim, they came through the doors, but said, can we have a look? And it's just, and it's nice to know that through our actions through our openness we just we would just continue to embrace each other I think it's just more of learning about that and not being afraid to sometimes to, to not being afraid to be ourselves to know that yes we're Christian and it's okay because sometimes you think oh no maybe we should keep that to ourselves not to offend sure. but I think it's the way this world has gone and is happening i think that's all changing and maybe god maybe wanted us to pause with all the events that had that transpired last year was us for us to take a moment and look so i think i'm learning each time and that it's okay i think it's to be christ-like in everything that we do and not to have preconceived ideas or doubts i'm learning just to be bold not cookie but bold
1: yeah and to be transparent and to be just authentically, this is who we are and, and not to be afraid of that. What I'm cu- really curious about is how Muslim young people are not afraid of coming into your space. How do you think it happened that they felt safe coming in side of a Christian gathering?
0: I think it was, I think, because as I said, the current climate, I think there was a lot of things closed off and mm-hmm. I think they saw the need, the importance for interaction the importance of coming together, importance of community, and in whatever way that looks like. And even though they were Muslim, I don't know, maybe it's it's that, I think it's that humanity of knowing this is what we need. And I think it, as, as you said, asking the question, Muslim, sometimes we have that preconceived up thinking, oh, no, they wouldn't because we're Christian and we're Muslim. There's that division, and that's what the division, in a way, I think causes the issue. This is the issue in our society where it's like, oh, because you're this side you're of this faith and we're of this no we're we're one yeah and if they come in that way it's our opportunity mate it's God's that's directing them Mm -hmm. to hear and as I said they saw the happiness through their children I remember one um a Muslim family, I think they were from Afghanistan, he said, every day I'm waking my daughter for school is a struggle. This morning she woke up before me, waiting by the door said, we've got to go to the church. And just even hearing that as a testimony, that's so beautiful. And for the dad to share that, you know, and knowing that he felt safe in leaving his daughter, going and coming to pick up, you know, the only thing they checked in is what food we were offering, making sure it was was halal. And I said, no, no, we only give them, yeah, Yeah. we only, we had to reassure. It was like fruits and vegetables. But just, just knowing that they felt set, um, the trust, the trust was there, that they were leaving their precious child with us in our care.
1: The trust is so much of a challenge. And mm-hmm. especially in Christian-Muslim relationships, it can be a significant challenge. It sounds like Edmonton may have a little bit of street credibility in terms of being a safe place mm-hmm. where people can gather and the very fact that you honor dietary um, sensibilities which by the which 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 was their stated concern it wasn't about theology it was about diet um, yeah. but you know yeah.
2: um, <laughs> exactly fascinating and, yeah, the word, was- the word that is coming to me um Paul is that I believe what Iseter and what myself are doing with these people in the community you are increasing their their, their, their well-being mm we are increasing their well-being, you know, they're excited to be part of something, you know, that little girl, she wants to, to excited to come to the church for the activity, you know, people look forward to it, Mm. you know, even in the community choir, I see people running because they don't want to be late. They don't want to miss anything, you know? So I think this kind of stuff increases people well-being and, and give them that confidence. It gives them that confidence that, you know, there's something out there for me.
0: Absolutely. And I think as well, they give us back the responsibility because yeah. one of the um, parents, when they were leaving at the end of the program, when they gave us a gift and a card, which was so kind and said, you've planted a seed in our children. This is something that we need in our community. And they put the ownership back on us. Like, OK, this is what our community is asking for. Yeah, yeah. What do we need to do? What can mm-hmm. we do? Mm-hmm to provide the service for them, to provide the need. Mm. What's the solution? And that's where it's from. I'm actually hearing it from the mouths of the people in the community. Yeah.
2: And it's all, it's all about working together. Mm. It's a working together partnership, the church and the community. It's not us
0: and you. Because we're part of the community. Absolutely. You see, oh, we, we don't want our church to be looked at. Okay, oh no, the doors are closed. Oh, it's open on a Sunday, or yeah, it's exactly. it's, a, it's a historic building, or it's like Absolutely. a museum, or you yes. have to be a particular person or a particular particular yeah. type to enter. Mm-hmm. We're part of the community. We work in the community. We shop in the community. Exactly. We say hello to our neighbours. Yeah. It is it is us, and that's that's where we are now. Mm-hmm. And that's the standpoint we need to say, this is our church. We mean our, it doesn't mean you have to be, you know, Methodist, but our doors are open. Isn't it to love? That's the main thing. Well,
2: I think John Wesley said, may I call you friend? Mm. That's the question he asks. May I call you friend? And that's what the church needs to focus on. We need to start calling these people outside our building our friends. You talk about the church
1: being, Um, a part of the community, about us as human beings in the church being members of the community. Um, I watch a lot of churches that have been around for a while, and they're very isolated, almost um, apart from the community, in that over the years, the members of the church may have even migrated to a different city and then they commute back in for the services, but they're not really uh, invested in any way in the community. Mm -hmm. Or even if they still live around there, there's just no intermingling between the church folk and the broader population. I see this very common and I don't know if, if that's ever been a part of the history at Edmonton at any point, but right now we really have moved to a place of sort of being rooted in community. The, the, the opposite of, of what I often see is the church that is being planted, which is a term we use, sort of a metaphor, planting a church like it's a, you know, a, a, a bush. And we dig a hole and we put it in the soil and then we water it there. But it is rooting in the soil. And for a church, that would mean the soil is the community. I mean, mm-hmm. and if you don't have a community, I mean, you don't have a church, at least starting out so in in many ways you're functioning like a very young church even though edmonton has been around a long well, time. well to be honest with you paul we
2: have come a long way okay we have come a long way in a sense that even today we are broadcasting our service live on youtube i must say that this pandemic or this coronavirus virus and pandemic have taught us a lot over the last few months and i say that the pandemic itself has its positive and its negative but for me i look at it more as a positive because we have learned so much from it there's so much we can do because i believe before this pandemic i think even at edmonton we we're getting a little bit too complacent in what we do honestly not only edmonton but other churches as well but i only speak for edmonton we get we get too relaxed in what we do hoping that people will walk through the doors but if you look at, at the church in general, especially at Edmonton, it's the same people every Sunday. Yeah, you have the old visitor who may come because of, of a christening or a baptism or whatever it may be. But otherwise than that, it's the same people. But now since this pandemic, we're getting more people on the online community now on a Sunday. And there's more visitors coming into the church now on a Sunday. You know, one guy said to me one Sunday, the reason why I'm here because I was following your service over the last few months on YouTube. Because I went to him and said, I've never seen you before. Who are you? But he knew who you were. He knew I was, yes, of course he knew I was.
0: <laughs>
1: right? People say this to me all the time. I know you. And I say, Well, well I don't know you. Yeah. <laughs> it's because of yeah, it's because of online worship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would have um, to I have to agree with, sorry, for I would have to ahead. agree with Sean that sometimes this pandemic, I think it forced us. Yeah. I think as you said, you can only speak for Edmonton. But I mean sometimes when you go with a new idea to some of the other churches, you know, sometimes tradition gets in the way. Correct. Sometimes people are like, well, no, we're used to doing it this way. Mm -hmm. Oh no, that wouldn't work here. That's just too radical. That's just too extreme. But it's I think coming from a background where I've worked within the community and I live in a community and a passion is the community, Mm -hmm. it's it's forced certain things is allowed us because Mm -hmm. of circumstances and yes as i say i take that as the positive but it's um yeah it's it's moving and people are understanding and they're more willing they're more willing to give things a go definitely more willing
2: it's hard work don't get me wrong church work is hard work but it takes passion commitment and perseverance if you are that passionate about your ministry the hard work doesn't come into play anymore yeah. I think after to today, I mean, I still was having a conversation. Some Sundays, I want to stay in bed. Honestly, I really want to, because you work Monday to Saturday, and the one Sunday you have for yourself is like going to work all over again on a Sunday. Yeah, but I'm very passionate about it, because I want to see the church grow and focus more outwardly. I
0: think that's what's key. Yeah. I think people feel and see your passion, your mm-hmm. desire.
2: Yeah. Because when we first started, you know, I said, when we first started the YouTube, the amount of hiccups and technical problems we had, but that didn't throw me off. I said, it has to work. It has to work. I don't care how long it takes, but people outside the church needs to be part of Edmonton.
1: So <clears throat> this is interesting. The pandemic truly did... Um revolutionized the relationship between churches and buildings and it sort of busted the the doors off of the buildings yeah. in the in many ways mm-hmm. and now there's people that are connecting with us before they come in the building and in some ways connecting and getting deeply involved and rarely if ever coming in the building so so that's really has been helpful i agree with you in that and yet edmonton church had a shifting sort of emerging new vision In terms of how to steward and utilize its building and to improve it for ministry that was very, very different than the way most churches use buildings, which is to use them for church programs. Um, so, So that was the first thing that caused me to notice this church was the fact that you were shifting and you're in the midst of a process right now of redeveloping your building as a community center mm-hmm. and that fits with the spirit of what you're talking about is the because w- the the ministries that you're developing right now are just sort of like first examples of the possibilities of what can happen both in and beyond the building as it becomes a community center which means that many of the activities there our community building in partnership with Edmonton and in friendship, but but it's, it, it's it's broader than simply church members, and it's for a...
2: And I must say, Paul, uh, we thank God that we are blessed at Edmonton to have a leadership, Reverend Deji, who is there to give us that support and encouragement, yeah? Because I'm afraid not all leadership is like that, I'm afraid. You know, as I has said, people are still stuck with a tradition but with Reverend Deji, our leadership, or a minister, or a shepherd, he is the one that really encourages and push us to, to, to do what we can for the better of the church and the community.
1: I can definitely see that vision um in every encounter I have with him. That vision is very clear. Yeah. And he doesn't go very long without returning to that vision and reminding everybody this is this is where um where we're headed. Yeah. Um as you think about the redevelopment of the facilities, how will that impact your work um, or make n- things possible maybe that are not now possible?
0: Okay, so because of the need that is so great in our community, um, as I said from the summer program, the project in regards to, for example, setting up a, a youth centre, and that's a, that's a passion um, that's there and a need that's needed in the area. It's, we can't even wait for the new building to be up and running. It's something that needs to happen now. Mm-hmm. And having the conversation with like our local council. I've spoken to like the head of youth development service for the borough. And we're very they're very excited in working in partnership with us. So that's already a process that's going to take place. And then having the the, the new build take place is just gonna, it's just gonna amplify
2: oh, definitely. everything.
0: Definitely. It's just gonna take it up to the next level because oh. yes, we could put resources in, but we know, we could imagine what the new building is going to be, the facilities and how we will all be able to expand on it. But as I said, this is a need that needs to be addressed now that can't wait for a a fabulous building to be up and running. So um, it's just going to make everything be um, beyond our imagination. (laughs) When it comes to God's work, it's always beyond our imagination.
2: And when you come, Paul, in in March, I believe it's in March. In March. And when you come in March, you will see for yourself that our church building is in the heart of the community. It's on a busy, busy main road. And when that building goes up, I can tell you now, Paul, it will stand out. Oh, It will stand there from all angles, the beauty alone. Now, my vision, this is my vision, is to aim for a 100 Voices Choir. Wow. That's my vision. The choir com- is still young. Yeah. A community choir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred voices community choir. That's my aim. Well, that'll get some attention
1: in the larger London area because a hundred oh, voice gospel choir. There, there, there aren't many of those around. So that will be really wonderful. Yeah,
2: that's my that's my vision. Because the choir only start in August. I mean, now in in the, in December. Yeah, and it's growing every week. Somebody new is joining us. What I hear um, for both of you is I hear a
1: commitment. Even as your building is being developed, that'll take years because you know how that goes. Um, it'll be lovely when it gets there, but you're not waiting. And I hear that you're going to be the center that you intend to build. You, you are, you are, you're, you're developing those ministries now that will just simply be amplified, um, and new ministries will, the, the synergy of all that new ministries will, will emerge. Um, I, I really thank you for your time today, sharing with us. And for many of our American listeners, you've created a curiosity, um, about what's going on over in London and um, I do look forward to, to visiting with you in March but they, there may be others that that come um, with curiosity to see what what God is doing in your space.
2: I must say Paul Edmonton and London is a beautiful city. Edmonton is a, beauty, a beautiful community lovely people there we just need to reach out to them.
0: Absolutely and we, we look forward to, to
2: welcoming to... you in March.
1: Oh, definitely. Uh, thank you. As we close out our um, podcast time, I think, Sean, you want to share with us a um, a little bit of the gospel
2: choir singing. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, well, the, the gospel choir, as I said, you know, it's not only gospel songs we do, uh, but we do a, a little here, uh, what you call it, um, a bit of secular song, just in case we're called upon at any time. So we do an archive of songs prepared. Um, You know, so in case we're called upon, we're ready to go kind of thing. So, yeah, we have a different style of gospel music, both for the young, the old and in between. We thank you for listening today. This is Field Preachers
1: Podcast. I have been interviewing two amazing characters who are a part of a lovely church that is reaching out to community. um, Izada Jala and Sean Davis. This is Field Preachers Podcast. It is a ministry of the United Methodist Church. Field Preachers Podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.